And Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Bowler coming up here momentarily, Gordo. We'll get his thoughts on how the Jazz are playing. And uh, I bet uh, Bowler, who I I think is probably missing traveling on the road, you know, getting that uh, experience to call the action up close, but probably didn't uh, mind not being on the flight today. No, not, not at all. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in that one situation, that uh, that uh, we were on, Bowler and I were both on a plane that had to turn around and head back to the airport, and it's it's no fun, man. That is no fun for anyone. So we're just glad that the Jazz are all safe after their plane collided with a flock of birds. Well, in fact, there's one plane story I, wa- I want to ask Bowler about. But let, in fact, let's get out of the zone phone. Television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake. Gordo, how are you? We're great. Um, Bowler, of course, the Jazz, uh, their plane took off. It flew through a flock of birds, had to turn around and come back. And I I wanted to ask you about, I believe, a flight you were on. And Austin and I were trying to remember the details of it. But wasn't it a back-to-back from Phoenix to San Antonio? That Was yeah. it San Antonio that turned around? Tell that story because it was amazing because Donovan Mitchell the next night had like – 40 points with the flu. It was it was incredible given what you guys had gone through. But but tell us, what happened that time? Well, anytime you fly, it can be an adventure. And even though we do fly charter, it's um, it's still, you, you take, you know, risks in flying. It's very safe, obviously. But, you know, there's mechanical things that pop up all the time. But on this particular flight, they could not retract uh the flaps on the wings and so we had this incredible drag i remember we were going from phoenix to san antonio and i'm starting to do some work because we've got a game the next night so you know no better place to set up your laptop and your boards you know right there in front of you and all of a sudden i look out the window and i notice man we're just not climbing i mean we're just kind of like setting at this very low altitude and it kind of keeps going on for a good 30 or so minutes. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I wonder if we're just going to take a low-level flight, you know, all the way tonight. But that's kind of odd, right? Um, because, you know, San Antonio is still a, a pretty good far piece from Phoenix. And then and finally they get on the, uh, the intercom and let us know that the uh, we're burning fuel at a very high rate and that we're making a turn, a slow turn back because they cannot retract uh, the flaps on our flight. And so we're dragging and can't climb and we're burning fuel because of the drag. And I thought, holy cow. So, you know, you just try to focus and, you know, you, you put your mind in a good place and, you know, we land. Uh, we had incredible bad uh, air, as they like to say, uh, called the wave several years ago from Denver uh, to Salt Lake where we got hit with um, – some incredible down blasts of wind that hit the back of our tail and tipped his nose first and to the, to the left. I remember that night very well. I didn't sleep at all when I got home. It hit us twice, and it felt like, you know, the hammer of Thor, um, mm-hmm. you know, on the backside of the plane. And 
the engines wind and, and you drop and then you just kind of hold on and say your prayers and, and you hope for the best. But, you know, plane travel safe, it's just that sometimes it's rough up there. And, of course, you don't plan on hitting birds. as you. It looked like to me as I looked at the flight tracker, I believe they went north over the Great Salt Lake. And I was just telling Austin, I wouldn't be surprised if spring is, is upon us. Maybe more birds have become, you know, a little bit more uh, dominant in that area. And that's something that happens, you know. Um, more often than not, but that cone of the plane looked like, uh, again, it got per- it got popped pretty hard, and uh, just glad everybody got back safe. This year, of course, with COVID, we're not on flights. I miss the travel. I really do, but maybe not today. So, Bowler, in your experience in flying with, uh, with uh, the Jazz, are any of the players white, white knuckle flyers? Is this some? Is this something that uh, that is a, you know? It's a very real issue for some guys. Sure. You oh, know? Absolutely. oh, absolutely. It is for me. I'll, I'll 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 take. I'll be honest. There's there's days I I'm not in the mood, you know, and I just try to focus on something totally different to get my mind off. Especially, I can take my mind takes the hour and a half or two hour flights, but I know if we're starting in Salt Lake and landing in Boston or New York. Uh, or Miami five hours later, I've got to put myself in a different place. And I think a lot of, of the players are the same way. Hey, just because they're high-level athletes uh, doesn't mean they don't have uh, a little fear along the way. You know, I mean, we sit in the back, so see what's going on up front, but not all the way. You, you hear a few yips and yells once in a while, but, hey, we're doing the same thing in the back when you lose a little altitude or you hit some rough spots. Uh, you know, we've flown around, uh, you know, some pretty bad storms in our day. Uh, but the pilots do a great job to get us uh, out of harm's way. But, look, uh, anybody who flies uh, know, <laughs> knows there's a, there's a few times, man, that you just aren't real sure what, what's going to happen. But you hold on, and, and thankfully everything turned out good. Bowler, I've been comparing uh, last night's game against Cleveland to the game a couple of weeks ago uh, against Houston. And Quinn Snyder, after the game last night against Cleveland, was complimentary to his team, saying that uh, even though they got a big lead, they stayed focused, they kept moving the basketball, and most importantly, continued to play defense. Whereas after that Houston game, you'll remember, Bowler, Quinn Snyder came out in that press conference. He was hot. He was mad. He was critical of his team, even though they got a win. And, hey, Cleveland wasn't great, but that Houston team wasn't either. And it was a completely different feel after the game. Yeah, that was domination last night in all aspects. I think he had one comment where he said, I think we can improve on transition D, right, off turnovers, which still – kind of plagues the jazz if you want to look at one thing that i know he still wants to improve is you know taking care of the ball uh the passes sometimes aren't crisp the jazz do pass often in the way that they you know run the perimeter uh passing game and then sometimes you get a little lazy trying to go over the top or just you know force it inside to go bare and a lot of teams you know with smaller guard play now instead of going truly all you know a big or the traditional one through five lineup a lot of teams are just playing you know, playing ball players, right? They're all in that average six four to six nine range, and a lot of these guys are fast, quick, and you just have to be careful where you're going to put the ball. But uh, last night, Gobert again, just team defense overall. When you really look at it, uh, took apart a, a decimated Cleveland team. But I think again, what your point is, Jake, is that Quinn liked the effort from start to finish, and that's all he's been trying to get from the Jazz is that focus from the first to the fourth quarter. And I think Donovan is really the piece of that puzzle that's 
that you can point at point at because his play has been as consistent uh, since the All-Star break, I think, in his entire career, from the tip-off to the buzzer. I really believe that's where he wanted to be, and that's where he is at the moment. And the Jazz uh, have won six straight and are heading down to, to Memphis to try to take uh, the three-game series. Uh, isn't that crazy? Three games in six days against the Memphis Grizzlies. But that's the way of the world right now. You know, this whole idea of, of, of working on improvement against a team like that last night, Bowler, uh, is, it, is there a flip side to that? Is there a danger to getting acclimated to playing a, a clearly inferior foe so that, so that whatever it is you're working on really doesn't mean that much? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to think it that way. Um, and I think it's hard. I think that's what Quinn's really trying to do, Gordon, is, you know, even though you're winning with large margins, and this has been typical throughout most of the season. You know, there's been a couple of slips and slides, but they have dominated teams throughout. And I think, again, it's the, the verbiage is used just to make sure you stay focused. I don't think he's trying to burn anybody out. Uh, I think he's still trying to use the coach speak of saying, look, we're not there yet. We can still you know, have room for improvement. And again, I think it's what most coaches will always do. Um, I've run across a few coaches, I'm sure you guys have, where you know they're never satisfied, and most players can read through some of that language because they know they're playing well. But again, he doesn't really go out and, and hand out a lot of huge accolades. He usually talks team, not individuals. And I think Donovan and Rudy and obviously Joe Ingles have been three of the most consistent players throughout the season. And still trying to get Bogey and Clarkson more consistent. And hopefully they catch fire, too, as the Jazz, um, you know, make their way closer to, to the postseason. I just think, you know, great teams who are on the cusp of greatness and haven't had the experience in the past, like the, the Lakers of old or the Bulls of old, uh, the Miami Heat, I think when you hit this new level, uh, you know, it, it takes time to understand how you have to be consistent. And I think that's what Quinn is really good at, is still sending a message of don't get complacent. And uh, he's really good at that, too, I think. Uh, I think he's getting the message across. They, they seem to be all bought in on the cliche of one day, one game at a time. But that's all you can do right now in a very limited amount of time, you know, practicing. They look at a lot of film. I know that. Donovan mentioned that last night. Film work is probably, um, you know, the first and foremost on, the, on these guys' minds. So, well, let's see if they can keep it rolling. They're back on a hot streak at six in a row and best record in the NBA. But, man, a lot of ball to be played, and hopefully they all stay healthy. Bowler, I want to ask you about the trade deadline and uh, two specific deals. Um, how much better do you think uh, Norman Powell makes Portland and Aaron Gordon makes Denver? I think both are upgrades. There's no question. And Denver especially. I like Powell. Um, and the Blazers have always kind of been swimming uh, to an, and, and really fighting Jake to get to that to the, to the level where the Jazz, I think, have finally reached. Um, but, again, it's hard to say until I see them, you know, in person on how they kind of work against the Jazz. Denver, we know what they can do. And having Gordon there pulling the trigger – and making that backcourt even stronger, uh, and all the way the all the way all the way around how they want to play. They can go big and go small. Uh, Jokic is a real issue for as, for Rudy, as we know. Um, so you know, Ilyasova, as he's you know kind of put his toe in the water for the Jazz, still is another 
bigger player that the Jazz can use in postseason. I think he's going to get his, you know, you know, look, he hasn't played in, what, seven months, and he's just kind of starting to figure things out, and Matt Thomas, too. But that one surprised me a bit, but yet, as they say, it's another, you know, another shooter, another guy in the arsenal, and there's a lot of them, man. The Jazz just keep coming at you in waves, and if the three isn't working, then they switch off and they can play at the rim or even Donovan's mid-range game along with Clarkson. So uh, this is an intriguing year, and the, the Jazz are fun to watch, and I know there's a lot of high hopes that they can you know, push through. How far? Man, I don't know. But right now, uh, there's not a team in the league that uh, seems to have an answer for them. There's injuries. I've been plenty of them, by the way, this year. And we'll see what uh, LeBron, how he comes back, and the way that uh, – you know Kevin Durant back east uh, with with um, with the Nets, but I like the way the Jazz are playing right now. Solid, confident, and I don't think they're overconfident. And I like that. I like that. They know they 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 know they still have work to do, and in, in all reality, they still do, and it's and it's on a nightly basis. Puller, this is something I wrote about in the columns, been posted at the Trib website, uh, but. The Jazz know they're being disrespected in some corners. I mean, these guys are pretty tied in with social media and with uh, the news of the day. They they know they they know what uh, Doc Rivers said about uh, the Western yeah. situation. They, they they realize this. But here's the cool thing, and I, I just made me think of it because you were talking about. Uh, them being aware, of, uh, and the team is aware. They, they understand where they need to get better, but they also understand that they've been challenged. And I think that's an advantage for this team in some respects, that uh, they, you know, when they go out and you beat uh, teams by 39 points one night, it's easy for that competitive edge to dull a little bit. But when you know that there are folks out there who are skeptics, who are doubters, uh, that tends to motivate young athletes, and I think it will with this team as well. No, your your column is spot on. Uh, I think that what the Jazz have been through, Jake uh, and Gordon, the last 14 months, this is nothing new of, of criticism, doubt, um, the Gobert-Donovan situation of can they coexist, will they ever play uh, as one, I think we've gotten a lot of answers this year, and I think it's it's still is an is many don't want to believe that a team uh, made up of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert with Mike Conley, a 14-year vet who just you know was invited to the All-Star game for the first time, can actually disrupt uh, the super teams of the NBA, the East and the West the Lakers and the Nets, can they? Um, look, I was at CBS and Fox for and ESPN for nearly 25 years, and the networks probably, I'll be honest, we had meetings you know, where you sit back and go, what's your dream combo? Well, look, they want viewers, right? And they, want, they love East and West because you have the largest you know, metropolitan areas uh, in New York, Brooklyn area, L.A., and beyond. So that's the sexy matchup um but people forget that the bulls jazz series of 97 and 98 were the highest rated and viewed championships uh for the nba on television i believe that still holds true granted there was jordan but look it was also jerry sloan is also carl and john that put a lot of 
a lot of eyes on televisions, and it was two really back-to-back great years of, of basketball, despite the fact that Jazz didn't win. But I think that's still the battle the Jazz go through, and that's the situation that fans are upset about. Want respect, and I think you have to win one to finally gain it. And hopefully this year, do they push through? All signs point that way, at least being at the the peak of their play, Jake and Gordon, and if they can stay there and carry it through what will be a tough playoff series, um, you know, from the beginning to the end, I don't know. But I'd say I like the attitude they have, and they are playing with a purpose. They want to prove the critics wrong, and that isn't a motivator. There's not much else left out there. Bowler, I saw, and I'm trying to look for the exact number here, um, but I saw, speaking of your time at CBS, um, a tweet saying that uh, thus far the Elite Eight ratings have been uh, the highest for um, an NCAA tournament in like 15 years or something like that. Again, I'm I'm trying to get the exact, but uh, uh, or it was the Sweet 16, and they were up 13 percent, and the highest they've been in years. With this odd schedule, you know, yep. not the usual uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but going into Monday and Tuesday. If the if these ratings hold, do you see the NCAA tournament adjusting their schedule going forward? I think they will. You know, I talked to Nance yesterday, actually, and for the first time in quite a while, and uh, he kind of mentioned to me that they're excited about. You know, the change, um, I had a couple of exchanged a couple of tweets, or not tweets, but just text messages and and talked to him via Zoom. But, um, yeah, he, he I think he's surprised. I, and I think the guys around CBS are surprised. Remember, they've delegated four different channels now to carry the tournament, but now CBS had, you know, the two games last night. Um, and I think the league, the NBA, is going to change things up too uh Jake, I really do. I I think what we've seen in the scheduling this year, like the two games with Memphis, the two games in L.A. in April, I think we're going to see scheduling changes because it seems to, again, benefit the players first and foremost, but also kind of give some excitement to a team that comes in and you can play them on a back-to-back and have kind of a weekend of basketball in cities. Uh, I don't think Adam Silver is going to turn his back on any ideas to help the game, you know, at all. But we've learned, we've learned a lot from COVID. I mean, a lot. And I think also in the world of professional sports, we've kind of learned also uh, the attitudes and the temperament of fans. And that's who you really play to, right? That's who you play for, I hope. I hope they haven't lost, lost that direction. But um, I think you'll see some changes. I really do. And you want eyes. Uh, you want viewers. I think there's a, a, a concern right now that some of that's waning, right? Um, because of issues in the country. And um, I, I hope that even the, the way that college basketball is, I'm a little bit more interested this year myself because they've actually played. And also the fact that there's some teams that surprise some people along the way. And I, I think maybe that drives maybe the NBA as well, or will. We'll wait and see if the Jazz capture, quote, you know, the imagination of some of uh, the NBA fans around the country and want to see a, a team that isn't from the East or the West Coast actually get a chance to play for an NBA championship. Um, it kind of be refreshing, to be honest. So, Bowler, did you bust Nance on the fact that he's now like a star, TV star as far as appearing in ads with Samuel yeah. Jackson and Barkley and the, the rest of that crew? He's got a winery now. Do you know that? Wow. 
Yeah. That's he's a got good a buddy brand. to have. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he can ship it to Salt Lake, though, doggone it, or to Utah. Uh, sounds, sounds to me like the Bowler Jacks might need to uh, take a little visit. I should. I should. Yes. Uh, it's uh, His brand or his label is called The Calling, but it's for a good cause, by the way. It's all for all. And I didn't know this until I talked to him yesterday. Alzheimer's uh, research. His oh, father, awesome. Jim Jr., passed away about eight or nine years ago of Alzheimer's. And uh, he has an Alzheimer's center that he has developed in honor of his dad and doing research because as he told me there's no real treatment at all. And he's hoping that there will be a breakthrough uh, with that. So, Jim, I'd say a good guy, uh, started his career with the Jackie Sherrill show down in Houston and then had three years in Salt Lake City. And he just uh, is finishing up his 36th year uh, at CBS. And I think once Jim retires, I don't know if we're ever going to see, you know, a guy like that again, the face of a of a network, just because of the way things have changed. I mean, Musburger was at CBS and then Jim stepped in. But the old days of Howard Cosell and all that, I think, are, are kind of come and gone. But um, Jim said he's going to stay at the Masters until they drag him out. <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame him. That's, that's his love. You know, as he said, he wants to make uh, his final call at the Masters and put one more green jacket uh, on the winner at Butler Cabin. And uh, it was a good chat yesterday. We had fun. I bet he was in a good mood. He just signed a new deal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah, was... I think I think he's it's not Romo money, but I think he's doing okay. No, it's not far off. You yeah. know, this is <laughs> this is shows you the respect that Jim Nance has for Bowler. When we were doing the show together, remember when Jim came on with us? The, yeah, uh, the day the day of the 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 NCAA final. Yeah, he uh, he remember that Gordo? He talked yeah. to us on the floor just before he went out for uh for the uh the pregame hit on the pregame show. Yeah, he was yeah. great. I mean, he's he's yeah. a Yeah, he, and he has so much respect and love still for the state of Utah. He he talked a lot about that too and uh, we zoomed him. We're going to start something new with the Jazz uh, soon uh, and I'll, I think that's going to be announced down the road, but uh, Jim's a guest and uh we'll have a lot of chats with him down the road, but um it was fun talking to him and catching up. We really haven't had a chance to to go that deep about the days of Paul James and Hot Rod and uh, calling games at KSL uh, when Channel 5 used to have the contracts uh, to both BYU and uh, the Utah Jazz. We we are fortunate to come to town and have that ability to, to get experience. Bowler, you are the best. Thank you very much for jumping on with us. As always, we'll, uh, we'll see you over here at the arena tomorrow night. Yeah, watch out for birds. Um, Seriously. Okay. You know, I'm just, hey, I'm just glad it all worked out because those are scary moments and uh, – Pilots, I'm sure, did a great job to get the guys back on the ground and on their way back to Memphis. But looking forward to seeing how that game turns out tomorrow night. Hard to beat a team three times. Uh, but if the, if anybody can, it's going to be the Utah Jazz right now. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, Bowler. All right, guys. Talk soon. See you, buddy. That's our friend Craig Bowler Jack. Uh, catch him, of course, with all the action on AT&T Sportsnet. Cool. He, he talked to Jim Nance just yesterday. That was awesome. Yeah. Glad I asked yeah. about to uh, see his time at CBS. No, no big those deal. Guys have, those guys are good friends, and uh, it's uh, we used to have Jim on the show with us because Bowler was close friends with uh, with Jim, and he, it was always a pleasure to talk to him. He's uh, he, I don't know. There's something about Jim, and he might have some critics out there. I don't know, but his voice to me sounds soothing, soothing. Hello, Hello friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> Cliche, yeah.
it's become cliche. I was just, uh, by the way, I was just chatting with Bowler as we said our uh, salutations for the week, and uh, I, he said, you know, it's one thing to hit a hit a flock of birds with a plane; it's another for your best friend to abandon you and your 104 degree wife in the airport in an international country. Hmm. I don't know what he's referring to. No, I don't either. Strange. Can you think like of anything? About it. No, he's just that, that, whoever he's talking about sounds like a real jerk. <laughs> Your word's not mine. Who would do that? Who would? Hmm. Well, there might have been extenuating circumstances, <laughs> like if they were separated in the airport and didn't have any way to communicate with one another. 